Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for a quarantine episode of the Dying Alive podcast. This week, we'll extrapolate data and push it forward to determine whether or not our over-under predictions earlier this year would have come to fruition. Spoiler alert, if you're rooting for us, temper your expectations. We'll also take your correspondences, check in with everyone and see how we're doing during these crazy times. It's the Dying Alive podcast. Gentlemen, well, first of all, let me allow me to introduce myself. My name is Jesse Marshall, not and uh, I uh, work with the Athletic Pittsburgh. I'm joined by my friends Patrick Damp from the Pensblog.com. Hello, Patrick. Hey, Jesse, how you holding up, bud? Great, 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 great. Michael, Michael. Hello, <laughs> Michael Darnay from the uh, Pensburg.com also joins us. Michael, we've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. It's, uh, it's been good. To, you know, we get Pat on the PlayStation. Uh, Call of Duty's cross-platform. You get Pat on Call of Duty. It's yeah. true, but um, to those that know know me and listen to this show, I suck shit at first-person shooters, <laughs> like embarrassingly bad. So I don't know if you're going to get me onto this train. All right. Well. I mean, I could, I could, I could, I could, I could do it, and you guys could get endless entertainment out of it. Like it, it'd be like those, uh, like those skits of people that comedy shows do of like everybody's like all in on playing Call of Duty, and you have your friend who's like looking up at the sky, like going left and right, like where I don't see him. What are you doing during quarantine? Because obviously, I'm playing a lot of PlayStation and watching a lot of vintage sports. I sleep a lot. I watch a lot of Netflix, and I cook a lot. What's it. on that? What are you watching on Netflix? <clears throat> uh, I just started watching MasterChef on on Hulu, actually. Okay. Um, so not like I've a good never... classic movie that you should see. Um, no, I'm <laughs> um, um, working. Forgo that for MasterChef. Working my way through um, The Office on Netflix and MasterChef. Great. On Hulu. Okay. <laughs> good for you. Have you watched The Office before? I have not. Okay, great. It's it's time. I'm good. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, uh, yeah. I believe I just started season seven last week. Have I ever given my opinion on The Office on this show? I don't know, but be careful. I I think it's wildly overrated. Like I don't. I think you're out of your mind. I, I don't. Like, yeah. like here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think it's bad. Like I like every time I have watched it, I have watched it through. It's good. I enjoy it. It makes me laugh. I I just I don't think it's God's gift to comedy like so many people do. Like it's a sitcom. It's funny. It has moments where i you know have tears in my eyes from laughter and there's times where i'm just like mm, all right like it's good i think it's god it's a comedy it's just like it's a really good show i know i know yeah. you don't but like like there are I, like there are i people, enjoy it a whole lot there are people that base their goddamn personality off of liking the office and it's obnoxious yeah so, so, so you're not so your opinion's more than about the people and less about the show yeah no like because like I don't put the show over. Like, it's a great, you know, turn your brain off sitcom, but there's a million of them. You probably like Parks and Rec. I've never watched Parks and Rec. Okay. Like, I, like yeah. the problem with Parks and Rec was, like, the recommendation from everybody's like, oh, man, you got to get through the first season. And it's like, the first season is brutal. Like, I watched, like, the first five episodes. Like, That's the thing, so why do I have to suffer through that? Yeah, like, at least, like, the, like, why? the, the office like, came out of the gate pretty quick. Like, Scrubs came out Mike's of the And now Mike's getting to the part where it starts to suck <laughs> <laughs> that other people have told me that um, my other takeaway from the whole series is it's obviously very late 2000s humor that if it were on today, it would very much be canceled. 
Oh yeah, and there's dude. a lot. There's a lot in there. It, and a lot of it's not like truly offensive. It's just that times have changed over the last ten to fifteen years. I tell people all the time. I you know I I am now at a point in my life where if there's a bar that's hosting office trivia, I'm there. But and only because I've invested so much time in watching the show. Yeah, I don't like stand for it. I know I don't like go public with my declaration. If people slander it, I get mad because. It's above slander, in my opinion. Who's your, who's your favorite character in The Office? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's that's like asking me to pick a favorite child. <laughs> I like them all in a way. I mean, I, when it comes down to it, I, I you know, I'm a Dwight person. See, I'm I'm a I'm a Stanley guy. Yeah, Stanley's Stanley. great. Like that, I might be with Stanley's you on great. that, Mike. Stanley's great. But I like Dwight's redemption stories are nice. Yeah. I was like when Dwight gets vindicated. I remember um, I remember I was in I think it was my senior year of high school. Um like that was right when that show was taken off and one of the electives I took was uh like introduction to psychology and my teacher used the clip of uh Jim clicking the mouse twice and giving Dwight candy oh, as, as, as an, yeah, as an example of yeah. classical conditioning. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And then there was Asian Jim yeah. <laughs> that? that was one of the best pranks in that show where that guy just showed up and pam kissed him and all that stuff um i hate parks and rec i don't think the show's funny i've never laughed at it um i put it in, i put it in the same group as big bang theory for me oh big bang theory is awful i hate that yeah show. it's so big bad. bang theory is, un- is unwatchable it is just unwatchable i always think there was that i can't remember who it was it was that one dude on twitter he had or i think it was actually youtube but like no laugh track, right? Well, there was that, but there was also the one where the guy, like, he plays the clip, and it's the one character just, like, making a bunch of nerd references, and, every like, the crowd goes nuts with laughter. He goes, where was the joke? All he did was make references. Where was the joke? <laughs> it's like me saying, like, hey, Pat, remember that scene in Wayne's World? <laughs> oh, my God, he said Wayne's World. Yeah, like... like what like, a reference. Like they were like, and the winner will be claimed from the dungeons and dragons in the middle of the halo and on top of the mountain and everybody's like ah ha ha it's like there's no joke there all they did was make references unbelievable so um mike's been sleeping what about (laughs) what about you pat what are you doing uh i've been i've been doing a good bit of reading like i went back and i read i've i started a book that i read nerd (laughs) Don't worry, I'm also playing way too much NHL. Like, that's been a lot. Yeah. That and I started playing Madden, which I'm still not great at, but I'm getting better. Um, I found a book that I haven't read since high school. It's about uh, a high school hockey team in Minnesota in a season with them. Because, like, high school hockey in Minnesota is what football is here in Western PA. So, For like, sure. it's a it's it's called Blades of Glory, not to be confused with the tremendous Will, that too but also not to be confused with the tremendous will ferrell movie blades of glory but uh it's really good it, it's early to th- like kind of similar to how like um mike was saying about the office being come from kind of a different time it's from the 2000 2001 season so it's a very different time like there's a lot of references in there that are dated there's a lot of wit- ways that like the players talk to one another that like definitely would not fly today, but like it's a wild look into like how important sports are and how serious we take sports and kind of the unfair pressure that kids feel when they're like held to an elite standard 
when they're like 16 years old and playing. Oh, it's brutal, yeah. Like that's brutal. But it's for it, parents who are vicariously living through. Oh them. yeah, like it, in like just like the way in which like you can see that it's kind of s- similar to like the way people talk about the NCAA in the sense that like like oh yeah, these guys are high school students. Nudge nudge, wink wink. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of reading, a lot of Xbox podcasts cooking yeah well it doesn't feel like we're any closer to the nhl coming back no Um, it's not good news for the nascar fans though (laughs) two weekends from now they get to return so they get the fans of that sport are the ones that get uh and reaping instant reward here first no no fan no fans in attendance correct right on yeah no fans in attendance uh they're testing everyone that walks into the facility um, you know, social distancing guidelines well, I mean, and then there's no practice. So like you can't, there's no practice or qualifying. So they're just bringing, they're just yeah. going to do it live. What I mean, of all, yeah, of think, all the major right. sports though, that makes kind of the most sense because like, I don't want to say there's like not a chance for contact, but it's not like, you know, person to person contact on every play. Yeah. They don't sweat on one another. The, the practice thing. Here's what's interesting about this from just a pure sports perspective, right? Because none of us have any other narratives to enjoy right now outside of the 1997-98 Chicago Bulls. Um, How did none of us say that, by the way? What are you filling your time with? None of us said the last dance. Yeah. Um, Matt Kenseth, who most notably retired from NASCAR, I'll say 2016, 2017, right? Somewhere around there. Uh, was competitive up to the time he retired. Uh, Kyle Larson was obviously fired uh, for his Twitch behavior, uh, and rightfully so. Matt Kenseth is coming out of retirement to replace uh, Kyle Larson. Matt Kenseth has not driven this car. Not just Kyle Larson's specific car. This kind of car. (laughs) This is a new year for NASCAR in terms of the body style. And like, they've done a lot of things different aerodynamically, you know, Matt Kenseth has it behind the wheel of it. He's not going to get the practice in it. So he's going to be on the track with 40 other guys, just figure it out live, (laughs) like go. So I'm going to watch it just for that. um, Cause that's going to be, it's going to be quite interesting. Where's the race going to be? So they've limited the the tracks they're going to run at. Um, Darlington is the first one, which is a great – that's a great track. And people, like NASCAR people, will tell you that they should run at Darlington twice a year anyway, and they don't, right? They only have one race there. Um, it's very narrow, very banked, and has these long sweeping turns. Um, it's challenging, very difficult place to go. So they're going to race there, and then they're going to Charlotte. Um, is another really good track for them. So, and then I think they're, they're racing in Arlington twice, though. So the, the amount of tracks they're going to is like, extremely limited. And I think if Southern Virginia opens up, like the rural area of Southern Virginia, they may try to go to Martinsville as well. Um, but it's like the first sign of life, right? I think, um, you know, as far as the way we've been living now since March, um, you know, get, watching vintage sports only, it was cool for like 10 days. And now it's like, it's kind of making me depressed. You know what I mean? I just got depressed when I looked and saw that Matt Kenseth is 48 years old. Is he really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Holy shit, 48, I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have guessed like 44. 
<laughs> Matt Kenseth wrecked uh, Joey Logano and ruined his chance at winning a championship. Did Matt Kenseth used to drive the M&M's car? No. No? Mm-hmm. He drove the DeWalt the car. Yeah, yeah. It just mm-hmm. came to me. DeWalt. Yeah. It's funny how we associate these humans with these corporate sponsorships yeah. in this yeah. sport. Um, but anyway, I, I was, like, watching all these vintage penguins and, like, all this vintage hockey, and all it did was, like, A, gave me, like, a bunch of existential crises. C, made me depressed to be an adult. Oh, it's B. B made me depressed to be an adult. C you might not. You might forget. not be an adult because you don't know the damn alphabet. I was say C. <laughs> you forget what order letters go in all together. And, F. and I just like got like <laughs> it was nostalgic. It was too depressing. I don't know, man. Like too much of that, and I get like I start pining for some like easier time. <laughs> I mean, like I was a kid with no bills. No, I don't want to. I don't want to like say I'm going to push back on that because you've been kind of doing a similar thing as me of like watching um, old games and film and breaking it down. Like I've been basically doing flashback recaps for Penn's blog. Like I'm just going through the calendar and which have been great by the way. Uh, and just rewatching the entire 2016 Stanley cup run. The thing I will say though about <coughs> doing that is considering we're four years removed from that cup run. There's a lot of stuff you kind of just forgot. Forgot happened. about completely. Yeah, it's what the great thing about your series is Ben Pat. I went back and read some of the stuff from the Rangers series that you did that year, that first round series. We all remember that because of the Jeff Zatkoff experience, right? Yep. But then there's stuff that happened after that uh, or like how thoroughly the Penguins wrapped the end of that series up. Um that I forgot, and you know, the Rangers were like not a joke at that point. They, know, they, they were, oh, yeah, they were they were kind of starting their decline in that series, but at the same time, like they were still pretty good. Like that, like, and they were a team, Pat, that you felt that could beat the Penguins if they were going to have to play Jeff Zatkoff for potentially seven games. Yeah, well, like the thing that struck me about that series, and I wrote about it in the in the game five like because i kind of switched up the format for game five like i kind of just wrote about a couple key moments and then did like a series as a whole wrap up rather than just a game recap the thing that struck me was the rangers couldn't decide what kind of team they wanted to be like they kind of wouldn't weren't willing to commit to one style of play like when like they were still a fast team they weren't as fast as the penguins in 2016 but the problem was there was (laughs) the problem was that they the one time they had success against the Penguins, they kind of made the Penguins go through a slog, like play a counterpunch game, like let the Penguins punch themselves out and then capitalize on mistakes. And I don't know if Elaine, that was a one game, right? I think game two. Yeah, Pat, maybe they lost. Yeah. And, and you know, for some reason, either the players didn't want to do it or Elaine Vigneault didn't want to do it. And they were like, yeah, screw it. We'll go punch for punch with the Penguins and Sullivan and the Penguins were like, all right, fine. Good luck. Yeah. But like, have fun with that. Like, but there's other things you forget. Like, you know, obviously you don't forget as a whole the rise of Matt Murray in 2016. But the fact that his first NHL playoff game was Madison Square Garden facing down Henrik Lundqvist. And he was like, I'm good. I got this yep. shit. Like, uh, you know what else? You, I thought you and you touched on this in, in your pieces about it. But uh, Matt Cullen was supremely good in that series. Cullen was unbelievable against the Rangers. Like, yeah, like he scored a shorty. I think a pivotal shorty. Uh, game three, maybe I don't remember. It was no, it was in it was in New York. Not just even that series, but he had that big goal against the Caps too. Yeah, well, I'm coming up on that here because I started the. Uh, I started. I wonder how the, many goals he had that year. Do you remember how many goals he had in that run? 
He didn't have a ton. Like, it was... It, give, me, it, it, give me one second. He had, like, 11 that year, I think, right? It was a respectable total. Well, because I remember I wrote about it um, for one of the recaps. Like, you know, they basically signed him for just over or right at league minimum that summer. And I remember just thinking, like, yeah, whatever, who cares? And then, like, he just became a huge part of that cup run. Yeah. Uh, he scored 16 that regular season. Wow, 16. I was so off. I said and, 11. And then he scored four during the cup run. How many total points? Uh, during the cup run, six. Still, though, you'll take that from a fourth liner, and especially when it kills in penalties. in 2016-17, he scored 13 and had two goals, seven assists in the playoffs. The uh, the uh, the other thing I'm starting to look, look into and that I'm noticing that I forgot is obviously Kessel stole the headlines because of the goals and just because he's Phil Kessel. Nick Bonino, man, in that cup run, uh, he was hot. He was King Midas. Dude, like every game he either has an assist or a goal or makes some unrealistic play. Like, Well, you're getting to the cap series now, Pat. That's where it really heats up for him. Well, yeah, like, uh, but obviously like he scores the, you know, spoiler alert, he scores the series winning <laughs> goal. But like he, if, you, if people don't know that already and they're listening to this like, show, he man, was, they deserve it. He <laughs> like every game I'm like, <laughs> there's two or three moments where I'm like, Holy shit, Nick Benino's really good. Um, let's go through um dive into over and shout out to Matt for, for tracking this stuff for us as always. Um this will kind of just again, so Mike, did he extrapolate this out then to where it would have ended? Um, let me see. Looks like it is figured out. The the, the most recent version I sent you is where they would have finished if the season ended today. Okay. And then we'll, we'll, we'll do the extrapolating on our own. How about that? Um, Alex Galchenyuk, we'll, we'll just mention this because it's funny. Uh, we The over-under for him was 16 goals, um, and he ended with five in his Penguins tenure. <laughs> um, I had a push on that, by the way. Uh, my over and Pat went over. So we were laughably off on Alex Gauchenyuk, who, even with a tempered expectation of 16 goals, massively, massively underperformed uh, in that spot. So Dominic Simone, uh, everyone's favorite hot-button target forward, uh, seven goals was the over-under for him, and bam, right at seven. With 64 games played, do we think he would have gotten uh, to eight? Do you think he would have scored a goal in the last little bit of the season there? I mean, he, I feel like he, I feel like you could go either way with this. Yeah, it's difficult. Nobody had a push. Uh, Mike went under, so you're out. Uh, Pat and I are both over, so we need that extra goal uh, to be able to aim a victory there. I mean, um, I, th- I, think he, I think he would. I think he would. Yeah, he need, he'd need one goal in eight percent of the season. Played, and, and not to, and he 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 gets opportunities. Like it's not like he stumbled ass backwards into seven it wasn't like oh right on yeah it, it wasn't you know oh man he got one he got oh, like, he, he did kind of stumble ass backwards into it pat in the sense that he could have had way more than seven. Oh, <laughs> for sure to your point for your sure. point stands 100 percent. but the, the chances but the other point are I, a plan but the, but the other thing i was going to say was it's not like five of those seven are empty netters right 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 yeah and i mean legitimate empty uh, netters, it's not be- like he had a wide open net i mean like he fucking Sailed it down the ice into an empty cage. Yeah. 
Nick Bugstad, not even worth going over. He had two uh, and only played 13 games. The over-under there was 26 points, and it's difficult to extrapolate any data at all off of uh, this information. So, uh, Jake Gensel at 30 goals, uh, he only played 39 games and had 20 of them. So I think it's safe to say uh, any of us that chose the over here would have been correct in our line of thinking. Yeah, Pat, if he would have played the rest of the season, <laughs> he would have hit yeah, Pat was the only one that had the under there. I don't quite remember why I took the under there, but I'm a fucking idiot. I don't either. Yeah, um, Malkin, uh, Evgeny Malkin at 74 points. That is uh, the over-under that was set, and it's exactly where we went. He played 55 games, uh, and uh, uh, I had over. Pat had over, and Mike had pushed, so I think safe to say Malkin would have gotten an additional point at some point over the course of the last few games. Oh, also, we could also say that Pat and I are correct on the past two, just for clarity's sake. Well, past two as they exist right now. Yes. I don't know, man. I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think Gino was going to dry up. I don't think that one point was going to come in those final yeah. handful of games. There's just going to be an unreal drought. <laughs> Yeah, injury throws a curveball at us here. Sidney Crosby, 77 points. Well, considering he had 47 points in 41 games, let's go ahead and assume that had he played a full season, he'd have had no trouble yeah. uh, reaching that number. Uh, Chris Letang, uh, 47 points. We all said over. Uh, at the 61-game mark for him, he had 44. So we were only three points off, and I think that had we played those games, he would have found his way into three more points. So... Four more points. He was ha- he was having kind of similar to Gino. He was having an just an under the radar really good year. Justin Schultz, however, didn't get uh, didn't get to his five goals. Uh, three is where he landed. Four. Here's the question though: with the way the power play was working at the time, and that it wasn't working well at all. And Justin Schultz was actually getting time on the top unit. I'm inclined to believe he could have gotten to at least five for a push because he kind of, for a minute there, had took had taken had taken over, taken over for uh, Chris Letang on the top unit before we halted our play. Yeah, I I don't know about goals. I think he might have racked up some assists. He because just it was kind of finding a stride, and then they brought everything back to normal, and he just. He was not good. He has not been good the last couple of years. No. Yeah. No, the the uh in like a lion out like a lamb will be the way that we'll remember the career of Justin Schultz here. Um Brian Dumlin, we had remember we had to add a decimal point to this one. So we set the over it for some reason three point eight goals instead of three and a half. I think that's pretty funny. Hashtag we math, baby. Three point eight goals as if as if there was a way for him to get a half. He's like, just gonna rip as if just, as if three and a half could have been a push here. He's just gonna use that new dad strength, <laughs> wind it, up, is, fire a shot, so, and break the puck so, in half. So I don't I don't remember making it three point eight. Is it possible Neither that's a is it possible that's a typo? I know for a fact that we put a decimal point on it. We'll have to go back and listen to that episode and see if perhaps remember. someone misspoke. Um, anyway, he only scored one, uh, was hurt a lot, uh, but I don't think he'd have hit 3.8 anyway. So <laughs> yeah, my, my big, my big takeaway from this is that almost all of these are hard to determine, A, based on injury for practically everyone, and B, based on the season. Wait, say that again. 
I said these are hard to figure out, mostly because everybody has an injury factored in. Not, yeah. not to mention trade, they, they didn't finish the season. The last one on the list was Eric Branson at 10, and he actually uh, ended with I zero. So. I didn't even remember him being on the team to start the season, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That was – there was a potential for disaster had they kept him around. I mean, at the same time, though, like he, he was a classic uh, – a classic case of we were all like – lighting the world on fire about how bad he was and he just it never never came to fruition like it was like well they kept him hidden yeah that, that's the thing no, oh, they yeah. never like exposed him right outside of they didn't do the old jack johnson put him up on the top pairing right like but it was just, crisis it was, it, was, it was that was just one of the funnier narratives of like the last year and a half or so it was like 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 everybody who was saying Jack Johnson was like it was or not Jack Johnson, good Branson. It was like the old uh, analytics wars where like the analytics people were like, hey, he's bad, but they're using him correctly. So he's not that bad. And all the anti-analytics people were like, LOL, look how good he's playing. It's like nobody's saying he's playing good. <laughs> oh, the microanalysis, right? Yeah. That was killer. That was killer. Michael. Oh, okay. I, so I, I just figured out the 3.8 thing. It was set at 4.5. The 3.8 was adjusted for a number of games played. There we go. Mm. What was the original number? Four and a half? Four and a half, yeah. Okay. I knew we didn't set it at point. <clears throat> I didn't I think so. That's why I went and looked at it. <laughs> I also wasn't ruling it out. The, the, other, um, the other thing I was going to say there, uh, I, I didn't get a chance to jump in was talking about Schultz. Like, since I'm doing those um, 2016 recaps, everybody puts him over as if, like, he came in so strong in 2016. He barely played. Like, the only reason he got in is once we get into the Tampa series is because of Trevor Daly breaking his ankle. I thought where he was really good was against the Sharks. Yeah, but, like, you know, we kind of lose the thread on it, like, he plays game one against the Rangers and then gets scratched because Malkin comes back. Like, Gino didn't play game one against the Rangers and they went with the 11 forward, seven defenseman combination, knowing that Malkin was going to be ready for game two. And Schultz was the seventh defenseman and odd man out. Like, once they got him, got Gino back, he was scratched for a long time down the stretch in the 2016 mm. run. And then Daly breaks his ankle against Tampa Bay. And all of a sudden, there's an opening. Yeah. So that's funny. Yeah, it's good you mentioned that. Like, and not like, and not to take anything away from him. Like, you know, God knows if and when we'll have sports back. And maybe this time next year, I have to recap the 2017 Cup run. But, like, that's when Schultz kind of, like, came on and started being a worthwhile piece of the defense. Yeah. Well, he scored a ton of huge goals, too. Oh, yeah. Early on in there. Um, um, it's just like I said, it's one of those situations where the boat with him, you know, it really starts to take on water once you get him out of his, you know, his comfort zone. And once the seas get a little rough and get a little choppy, that flex tape doesn't hold so well anymore. Right. Yeah. Once, uh, the, one, <laughs> once, once the deployments start coming in the defensive zone and he's not on the, you know, third pairing, it's. Ugh. Yeah. So buy, that's a buyer. I mean, you know, and hey, like, I don't want to disparage the guy. He's great. You know, been a great you know, member of the organization, but. 
I put a buyer beware tag on that one. No, you, you got know? you got what you needed. Two cups will you know always sway somebody to. And, well, look at look at the contract Trevor Daly got in Detroit. I mean, that's just yeah. all the evidence you need. Probably Ron Hainsey for that matter. Well, that will the. the the daily one that was a uh, okay. This team's about to hit their rebuild, and they're going to overpay for whoever just so they can get to the point where they can tank. So he was taking a contract he can get wherever he needed. But does he get that money if he doesn't win the cup in Pittsburgh? Maybe not that ridiculous amount of money, but he probably gets a comparable deal from Detroit, just maybe less AAV. Yeah, I, I think it helped him. I oh yeah, it, it definitely yeah. upped it upped his value. They were like, "Oh, he's won the Stanley Cup twice," and I mean, twenty seven. Ron Hainsey, I still can't get over Ron Hainsey on the Leafs. And didn't they give him three years? I don't remember. I think they did. Hmm. Yeah, that was that was bizarre. Like, because he was serviceable in the seventeen run, he wasn't great. Well, he got that Leafs contract based on that uh, game five goal against Nashville. Oh, <laughs> uh, where he made James Neal. Running yeah. to his own teammate. Oh, that was beautiful. I'd have to find oh, he it. Dangled him. I'd have yeah, to, he dangled him. Yeah, he broke his to, leg. I'd have to find it. Somebody turned that goal in that moment into a GTA 5 waste. I have gift. it. That was me. That was you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that was I have beautiful. It. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite. It I saved on my, uh, it's not on this computer, but I'll get it. Because I just yeah. like, I remember like thinking somebody should do wasted. that. You, yeah, you came through. That was the wasted oh, screen, it was yeah. beautiful. Uh, the Leafs contract was two years, three million per. Oh, still my God. And at the time, he was like 36. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yikes. Uh, Michael, do, do we hear from the people today? Minimally, but yes. Uh, we should play the music. We did send out a, a awkward time correspondence request, so that's on us. Yeah, whatever. Um, Brad asks, what is more iconic, potato patch fries or the Eaton Park Smiley cookie? Well, he didn't say which one tastes better. He said sure, which one's more sure. iconic. Yeah, if we're taking the question at face value. So let's answer it in multiple ways. I think if we're if we're answering the question, what tastes better? If this was in a, uh, I was going to say if we're answering this in a courtroom based on how the question was asked, the answer is a smiley cookie. But the potato patch fries are better every day. Right, smiley cookies once they get hard as a rock. They're not. They're average when they're fresh. I agree with that. Yeah, I smiley, do agree. With smiley that. cookies, a sugar cookie. It's nothing special. And I'm gonna be real frank with you guys. That icing sucks. It's not great. It's not good. I the like eating the like sucks. frosting on top of the icing. That's about it. Now I'll tell you what. If what should be iconic at Eaton Park is the goddamn sticky buns. Oh yes. yes. How are the sticky buns not the iconic piece of eating? Yeah. I don't know what you just threw. If I just I, I dropped my my marker. It was a drop in a grants, and I and I, I appreciate that. <laughs> well timed. The sticky sticky buns are unbelievable, though. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, always but thought it was frustrating as a nineteen year old when I would try to go to Eaton Park and have sticky buns just delivered to me over and over again, and they told me that wasn't allowed. <laughs> but yeah, the, you can't the, just sit the, there and the eat more, sticky buns all day. The more iconic product is the smiley cookie. The better tasting and something I will. 
choose over it every time are potato patch fries because they yeah, are potato patch fries. And for those people that aren't from Pittsburgh, potato patch fries are just regular ass French fries, man. They're just freshly cut. You know, they're they're fried quickly. They're, they're I think I think what makes them so good is they're as shit. incredibly hot. Yeah, they're incredibly hot. Yeah, they basically serve them to you right out of the fryer. <laughs> they do. Yeah, they in, like they they actually a rite of passage there is for you to open your mouth and have hot grease poured all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like 100 degrees outside too. Yeah, it's not a good it's not a good combination. How do you hold on before we get to the next question, how do you guys feel about Kennywood? Legitimately curious. I mean, I, I'm, I'll, I'll say it like this, right? I couldn't physically tell you the last time I was at Kennywood. It I was probably my senior year of high school, which I was 2002. I can't properly answer this because I spent six years working there, so I have different That's thoughts. right. I forgot you now, weren't there. Even though I haven't passed through the gates of Kennywood in quite some time, I, it would be – there is like I can't imagine a version of Pittsburgh that does not have Kennywood in it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's too iconic to go away. Yeah. Like you know I, I don't I'm not gonna go to Kennywood anytime soon. But like, well, they're bringing back the old mill. Yeah. Well. Yeah, you got somebody you want to make out with? Yeah, and, I'm not 14 <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I um, think that's the best way to put it, though, Jesse. Like I haven't been there in a long time, and I'm not gonna go out of my way to go but i definitely cannot vision pittsburgh without kennywood yeah it's just something nice about walking through that little underpass and you know going into the park it opens up like the city does sort of right like you go through the fort pit tunnel anyway uh let's see harrison baldwin asks what are your top five songs on stephen brault's album he makes a list of his five but i gotta be honest I have no idea who the, who the hell Stephen Brault is. Isn't he one? Of, isn't he a Pirates pitcher or I, player? Sure, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Is it better than Le'Veon Bell's albums? Because if the answer is no, I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> I mean that the the because the, they're bad. The bar on think... that could be cleared by a cockroach. Yeah, AB couldn't get over it. True. <laughs> whole lot of money <laughs> <laughs> hello a lot of money um let's see there is a specific question for jesse here oh um who is your favorite overwatch character to play as uh, i am maining as sigma so i'm tanking I like that mobile barrier i like tossing my grab balls at people building up little rocks stunning you with them don't know what any of that means those were, <laughs> those were words i can confirm that so my my character is a tank. I'm supposed to I'm I deploy barriers and eat damage. Um, but my tank that I play also deals a lot of damage as well. So I can play a little like hybrid, where I'm like helping my teammates and protecting them, but also firing off. Uh, he's like a little mad scientist. That basically like all of his ultimates are surrounding uh, like manipulating gravity. Uh, John Hill asks, <clears throat> taking away Flurry Murray and Barrasso. Which former Penguins goal are you taking to stop a penalty shot in case? Moose. Moose. Johan Hedberg. I'm going to go with uh, Tomas Vokun. I'm saying Kenny Reggett, man. Because he did it. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Um, Joey Juno, right? Was it Joey Juno or Peter Bondra? Oh, sh- I just read the 
I just, was it Rossi or was it Josh that wrote that piece the other day about that game, the four overtime game? Yeah, I think it was Josh, but either way, yeah. Uh, it was Joey Gino. Yeah, but he, there was the overtime penalty shot against the Penguins against the Caps in that four-overtime game where uh, Lemieux got kicked out. So Kenny Reggett, yeah. Kenny Reggett made the stop, man. I, uh, when I was in high school, I was a sophomore in high school, we took a field trip to a Penguin game. It wasn't a field trip because it was after school was over. But um, the Penguins played the Dallas Stars. Johan Hedberg was in net. We made a giant moose banner out of one of my mom's bedspreads, and she was really <laughs> upset about it. <laughs> and we were in school when we used the markers to write the word moose on the bedspread, and it leaked out onto a table uh, in my Spanish class. We got in trouble for that, too. And uh, there was a penalty shot in that game. I don't remember who took it, but I remember Johan Hedberg making that save, and uh, we all went crazy with our moose banner. We were in a restricted view seat, so no one even knew we had it. And I wasted that bedspread for absolutely nothing. <laughs> and ruined that table in a Spanish class. Good job. Um, Rachel asks <clears throat> and says, since I'm having to make videos now, this is on my mind. Does your voice sound different to you on recordings than it does in your head? Do you ever hate listening to your own voice on recordings? I would say yes to all of the above. Yeah, I definitely, I, sound, I, I definitely don't. I definitely sound different in my head than I do when we publish these. I will say I don't like. I don't want to say I hate hearing my own voice because I kind of look at it as a instructive kind of thing. Like I'm trying to get rid of verbal pauses and stuff like that. So it's kind of that's the way I kind of keep myself from going. Oh, I hate my own voice. Yeah, I'd probably. I just sound way younger, I think. Like, I I don't sound this young in person. I don't know. I do that purposefully when I edit just to screw with you. (laughs) You must be editing, like, every radio show I've ever been on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jeff says he would drop $5 on a Patreon if it meant regular episodes. Um... I'll drop that cash app. Yeah, we'll just, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll, give you, I'll give you my cash app, man, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like that'd be fun, but at the same time, like I think the whole value of the show is that we do it, we do it weekly or when we can because we don't want to water down the product. Um, the blue line versus clothesline pod asks: Is Ozark a poor man's Breaking Bad? Yeah. I haven't watched Ozark yet. It's on my list. I'll just tell you, Pat, no spoilers here at all. But like season one, loved it. Season two, didn't love it. Stopped watching it. Haven't gone back to it. Fair enough. So when something disinterests me to the point that I can't even muster the energy to want to go back, I don't continue to watch it. Like there may be reward in it, but like, to you know, I just I had I don't that happen to me it. watching Homeland. I gave up on Homeland and several people have told me to try to go back and get past where I left off because it gets better after that. But we'll see. I kind of felt the same way recently, Jesse, with The Wire. Mm. I really like... What season are you on? I'm, on I, I ha, I've, I'm a couple episodes into two. And I'm just like... Yeah. Eh. I'm a couple episodes into two. Like, episode, like season one's great. Like, I, it's incredible. But I've been told by your colleague at uh, your place of business, Josh Taylor had informed me that two 
is supposedly what ties the rest of the show together. Hmm. So opposed, supposedly it's important um, because it, it brings the rest of the show to us. So Maybe I'll have to jump back in then. Yeah, we, I, if, we may need to have Josh on the podcast to have him extrapolate on that thought. <laughs> I was gonna say there's a lot there there's a handful of people I will go to for TV and movie and entertainment reviews and trust it all the way through. Josh is one of those people. So if Josh is gonna tell me that it's worth watching, I'm gonna watch it. All right, now we're in. All right. And last question is from Corey Arnold. What is your favorite and least favorite Penguins jersey of all time? I mean, favorites the late '90s, early 2000s pajama jersey. Like, I love that, but it's not my favorite. Actually, like my yeah, my favorite is probably the road white they have now. Like the I the love this one. I love that road white. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I should take that back. Like, because the like because of. Your colleague Jesse Sean Gentilly doing all the uniform stuff lately. Like the debate over uniforms has been insane. Favorite for me. That, that's probably the genesis of this tweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite for me is probably the the road white, but before Adidas, like the sixteen seventeen one. You know what? I'll change my answer to, to where you're at as well. Because similar, I do like that one better. Because for those that haven't read Sean's piece, the point I agree with him on is the collar. Like Adidas did everything right, but the collar. The collar is yeah. so bad. My least favorite is the one uh, from the. Um, I I really 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 disliked. The Winter Classic uh, injury jersey. I just the, didn't. The I didn't. I didn't like it from the onset. I, I hated it. I, I just didn't think it was like well, super representative think, of the history think, of the team. I think a lot of people hated it because they did the light blue for the first Winter Classic, right? And, and then they had a chance to do something different and kind of kept it blue. Um, for my, I also just hated that white Robo Penguin too, man. Like I, I just didn't like that. Least trip. favorite is probably um, the I would say the home Vegas Gold jerseys before Reebok slimmed them down. Like the baggy one. Yeah, that had like the gold and white on the obliques. You know what though? I was okay with that only because they had brought the jersey back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it softened the blow. At, at the time, it wasn't as bad as it is now. You look back on it now, and, and I even have one in my closet. It even uh, it even kills me to watch the 2016 playoffs when they were wearing the new black and gold at home and still wearing the white Vegas gold on the road. Yeah. Yeah. But the Vegas gold with the sheer on it? Is that that's the one you're talking about, right? Yeah. Like, like Sid, giant, yeah. Sid's rookie year jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it didn't hold up well, but at the time, I think we were also excited. The, the uniform was, fresh, was back yeah. that we didn't give a crap. Yeah, well, it was it was fresh, and you had missed a whole year of season. I would say my least favorite is the. I would get it's the combo, like the um, when those come in oh seven oh eight, like the Reebok Edge jerseys. No. Like, they were just so bad. Like, 
like we were all still excited about like the Crosby era getting started and the skating penguin being back, but like it just it made no sense. Like it was very bland. Like and I just didn't understand the design. Like you had like the black and gold and whatever there on, was the, that on the rib patch. Yeah, like right? the patch on the, on the forearm, like and it wasn't gold, it it was khaki. Like it that wasn't Vegas gold, it wasn't Pittsburgh gold, it was khaki. Like it looked like Yeah, if you added red it you'd have been Jake from State Farm. Yeah, like exactly. And it just it, it like you said, it was bland. It was just generic. Like it it almost kinda looked like if you would have taken the penguins logo off of it, it would have been like a you know, you're watching a movie about a pro hockey team and they couldn't get the licensing to say NHL, so they said like the professional hockey league. Whatever those jerseys were made of retained the grime. <laughs> yes, they did. Dude, it was impossible to keep them clean. Dude, yeah. Impossible. Like I have I, I had a a black one from that era and it was a Kunitz jersey. Dude, the the uh the wrists. Yeah, the wrist the white part of it was just filthy after like a year and i would tr- like follow all the directions that you would get on the how to wash tag and it would never get clean it was disgusting disgusting oh yeah well anyway um good show good show good show yeah cons- we should have a self- <laughs> let's self-affirm at the end of this good show uh i'm we are gonna do we're gonna redo the draft let's just be clear we did one. We, it did, it we, we didn't snake it. We didn't have enough people. So we will have surprise mystery participants with drafting with us that will be on the program to discuss it. Uh, and we're going to redo the whole thing. So that's probably what the next show will be about. It'll be our little uh, fancy draft. So for the second time in Dying Alive history, we are going to have a guest. But this one, folks, it's a biggie. It's huge. There's no other way to bill it. I don't think I don't think we should say anything else because we'll give it away. Nope. There can be no hints other than it's huge. A lot of people have got guests. I've been told we have the greatest guests. They're absolutely fantastic guests. They look great. They sound great. Um, you know, just people are talking about it. They're talking about these guests. Many so people are saying. Many people are saying <laughs> that these are great guests. The best guests. All right. That's it. We're going to head out, and uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Stay in your goddamn house. Stay home. Stay safe. Stay stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) I thought you were going to say stay celibate. Stay celibate. (laughs) Uh.